Hey, I'm Doug Jones. I'm going to be playing the creepy old guy in Gehenna, the feature film. I'm really excited about this design, especially because it's different than anything I've done before. What I love is that instead of just saying, oh, let's just CG that, or let's do some visual effects to make this skinny, skinny character, you know, the design is so old school and yet so innovative. Fledge. You are listening to the official podcast of the Horrible Imaginings Film Festival, where we brought an analysis of stigmatized creative expression in film, art, and literature to understand the misunderstood. Your host is Miguel Rodriguez. Hello, listeners, and thank you for returning once again to the podcast for the Horrible Imaginings Film Festival, formerly the Monster Island Resort. And I have with me a filmmaker who is campaigning for a brilliant-looking new film called Gehenna. But uh, I think I'm going to have this filmmaker introduce himself and talk a little bit about what he does. So, Hiroshi, why don't you say your name and what have you worked on in the past? How, how might people have known you? Okay, um, my name is Hiroshi Katagiri. I'm doing the sp- job called the uh, Special Makeup Effects, which is... It's like a special makeup to, to the people or they are creating the character, which is robot or dinosaur or creatures. Mm-hmm. So that's my main occupation for uh, 24 years now. Wow. Uh, yeah. Got and, quite a resume. Oh, yeah. I had worked on the big big ones like AI or Jurassic Park and uh, the War of the World, Time Machine, uh, X-Men, uh, AVP, many. Man of Steel, Pacific Rim. Pirates of the Caribbean, and yeah, it's hard to remember everything, but uh, I worked on many (laughs) big movies. I I think the short list is good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Clearly, clearly you have a high skill and and a good working knowledge of special effects, both in makeup and other types of visual effects for big studio films. But uh, you have also worked on your own independent cinema in the past, including quite a slew of short films, if I'm not mistaken. Right, yeah, I made yeah, the short, the series of short films. Mm-hmm. I made about the three different uh, short horror, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's out on, all together and out on uh, like one DVD. So they all, your short films are available on DVD now? Yeah, if you go to Amazon.com, you can find the, uh, the horror theater. Sounds great. I'm going yeah. to uh, post a link to that so uh, yeah. people can become familiar. Uh, I, actually, I have seen... Uh, yeah. Senior shorts because we have mutual friends in the Wii's, Lori and Paul Wee. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. actually, it's on my uh, YouTube channel. So if you go, yeah, it's much easier. I don't care if it's the sale or not. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? What? That, <laughs> that makes sense. If anyone is wants to wonder whether or not he or she should contribute to your current campaign. Right. Then I would say watch his films and you'll know he has the skills and you should definitely contribute. Yeah, please go to uh, Hunter Killer Studio on YouTube. And again, that will also be linked directly from the uh, episode notes for this episode. So you'll have a quick link, right, if you click on the link for, for this episode. So right now you're at the kind of the tail end of a Kickstarter for Gehenna. So let's talk a little bit about Gehenna and yeah. and the crowdfunding. Uh, for anyone who's curious, let's start with the title. So where does the title come from and, and what exactly does it mean? Yeah, um, I was looking for the uh, the meaning of like a scanness of hell. Mm-hmm. Then I used the uh, like a dictionary.com 
And uh, yeah, then uh, this uh, letter came out, the Gehenna, and, uh, and, and I just wondered what the hell is this? <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, and I look at the meaning, and uh, this is the term from the, uh, the Bible. Yeah. And there used to be a location, and uh, the where they like a trash or the uh, the burn the dead body. And uh, later on the Bible, it's described as the worst place you can imagine, or the uh, also meaning of hell. So it, it's like it's a hellish or inferno term. Yeah. Kabbalistic term as well. So it's one that would have come up in various Kabbalistic texts. And so it's 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 one of those words that has popped up mm. over the last centuries as kind of having magical properties. So it's a very interesting choice for, for your film and, and certainly doesn't make it sound like Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Worst place than that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe parts of Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since you want to make a film about hell or Gehenna, uh, let's talk about your own personal horrors for a second. Uh, personally, what, what scares you? What has traditionally scared you throughout your life? And how will you incorporate that into your film? I assume you want to scare your viewers the same way. I never had experience that you know somebody would kill me. So <laughs> that's so, good. I'm glad about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that type of scariness actually. But uh, in, I was grown up in Japan uh, up to like 18 years old. I was in Japan, and then like a ghost story in Japan, it's kind of huge. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, in the summer, summertime, summer break, it's the uh, it's always the horror story is so popular. Or kids just the, uh, have all many different stories. And, kind of like uh, a campfire story you tell at home. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, then lots of a TV show in the summertime, especially. Oh, right? yeah. Like a bright day, daylight, daytime. So they show the, um, based on the experience from the uh, viewer, then they make the, uh, recreate the, uh, the video. Oh, yeah. That experience, yeah. And uh, <laughs> that really scared the hell out of me. It's many ghost stories. So it's almost like almost like a found footage or, or a first person point of view. Well, not really. It's like a making the documentary of oh, okay. experience. Yeah, that's what you're trying to uh, accomplish with Gehenna. Is that same kind of experience? Well, it's just the yeah, the scariness of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like a something mysterious you see, and uh, it's really scary for me. If as a filmmaker, how do you decide in order to make something scary? How do you decide what to show and also what not to show? First of all... Without giving gonna, too much away. <laughs> yeah, the first of all, it's going to be uh, my first feature film. Okay. And I, I'm, I know I can't have uh, too much money to, to make it. So the story first, that you know, I, can, I have to come up with a story with the limited location and the limited number of casts. Mm-hmm. So that's very important is to make it uh, possible to to actually create the film. And so from that point of view, so there's a limitation of the location, the limitation of the cast. And also I wanted to use my advantage as Japanese and American. So I lived in Japan for 18 years and live in America for 25 years. So I have a both cultural background. Yeah, so yeah. I, yeah, I have to think of something only I can do. No, not American people or not Japanese people. So, um, so I chose the uh, location, which is the uh, island of Saipan. So, where the uh, during the World War II, Pacific War, um, there's a huge battlefield in that island, and many people died, and many horror stories there. 
Yeah, and the st- story you know takes place in the Japanese hidden uh, secret base of uh, Japanese military from the World War Two. Then of course American crew stuck in there. You know that's the uh, the horror movie. Yeah, they have to stuck. <laughs> so it, the 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 film takes place during that yeah. period. No, no, it's so present they, day. Present, yeah, present day. And uh, but the just... main, yeah, main main characters investor looking for resort hotel location. So they researching the, like a location hunting, and then they found the kind of bunker mm-hmm. looking building. Then they found the uh, there is the uh, the basement there. So they go under. Then they get trapped. Ah, so do you think that the uh, the history of Saipan? Mm-hmm. Along with, you know, present day, it's a little more touristy. Yeah. You know, your characters are looking for a resort. So do you think yeah. that, that that kind of um, those two things colliding, people looking for a resort and finding something very different, that yeah. itself is a pretty interesting story. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your location is a character in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Location itself is a character. Yeah. I was recently at, at the TCM Film Festival and there were a couple of things that... I heard a lot of filmmakers talking about that I, I wanted to kind of get your take on and see how they might apply to your own filmmaking style. The first is you've already mentioned having limited resources in terms of a you know a modest budget, few few actors, and one location. So do you think that having less resources also will make you more creative and innovative in overcoming that? Right, right, yeah. So the uh, situation is so limited. So I have to come with come up with the uh, good idea, mm-hmm. and the idea has to be good in order to make uh, interesting movie. So it's the um, but it's the kind of enhancing my ability to pull out the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I have a more like a limited situation, so um, yeah, of course you know it's another way. You know, if I have all the budget I want and I can make any different locations and you know go to the moon or whatever (laughs) (laughs) but uh, for this type of film so there's many good films from this idea and um, I had a huge influence from those and uh, like you know Twilight Zone yes like a super low budget but in so limited location but only like you know two actors three actors and playing the role and uh, always always have a great amazing ending the story has to overcome the limitations of budget so you end up sometimes having a more interesting film because of the challenge of overcoming the limitations yeah i love the story of you know because of limited budget and it's like uh monty python yeah so yeah they didn't have the money to to get the horse but instead, you know, that guy behind just the, uh, the making the no- sound of the, the, the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and that's one of the best parts. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ended up like the best part. <laughs> so love that, you know, taking advantage for not having resources. What are some other of, uh, of the films that might have not had a big budget in the past but became really influential to you? You've mentioned The Twilight Zone. You've mentioned Monty Python, which are yeah. two very different but... <laughs> yeah, brilliant things. Um, what are some other influences as far as that goes? Like as far as horror, it's the Evil Dead and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original ones. The original, of course, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like Evil Dead. It uh, takes place in just one cabin, cabin in the woods, and uh, it's. I think it's really smart to do that. 
Yeah, and then uh, Sam Raimi and his crew had to invent all kinds of things, like you Speaking, know, yeah. duct taping a camera to a plank to move it around, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty cool. I love hearing this about independent film because it does seem to tend to bring out the best in creativity when people want to do the impossible with nothing. Right, right. But you you don't necessarily have nothing. I mean, you have a lot limited budget, but you have, you know, 20 plus years worth of special effects, skill and uh and experience behind you. So, uh, how much of that experience is going to transfer into this project? Oh, it's going to be huge. It's going <laughs> to be huge. Yeah, of course. And also I have a bunch of friends, you know, who's really one of the top one of top artists in the industry, so they're supporting this project, so which is so uh, so fortunate. And uh, it's important, you know, it's my, my logic is, if you see my short horror, it's the not showing much. Yes. Not, yeah, sometimes not showing is more scary for me. Than, no, it's like the first question I asked you. I, I completely agree with you, but go ahead. It, yeah, and uh, in order to, very technical aspect, in order to get funded, you know, through the Kickstarter, my advantage is my career. So I had to push this side to make the, uh, the sales point for the movie. So then, of course, I use this skill to make something cool in the movie. And also, same time, it's scary. Yes. <laughs> Has to be. Yeah, and you have a great actor who genre friends will know and love, Doug Jones, on board. Right, yeah. So lucky he, uh, he's a super nice guy. He, um, yeah, he said yes for this project. And uh, we did the test makeup. So I did a, ma- um, we create a makeup on him. And the unique test, I create the, uh, the puppet body, like a super skinny, skinnier than like any human can be. Even skinnier than Doug Jones. Even skinnier than Doug Jones. He cannot <laughs> wear this suit. It's not a suit. So it's a puppet. So use his head attached to the puppet body, which is hanging in front of him. So then put, them together he's a super skinny man yeah <laughs> yeah and, and people can see some of these test reels on the kickstarter page yep uh, not kickstarter page but the, the facebook page oh the facebook page and or the other youtube channel right and that's gehenna g-e-h-e-n-n-a for anyone listening yeah look it up on and, facebook i'm gonna bring back an experience i had at the tcm film festival because it reminds me of you actually there was an interview with the stuntman legend terry leonard and uh, he's been doing stunts for, for decades. And he said that he believes that his stunts are more effective on camera when there's no CGI involved and he's actually putting himself in danger. Yeah. Do you think that the same concept can be said for creature effects and practical effects? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, unless, you know, you're spending great amount of time and money to, to make it really, really good. Mm-hmm. And CG can be good. I, I'm impressed with the uh, latest Planet of the Apes. Yes, that's what my I was gonna say is like if if there was an example, it would be Planet of the Apes, which is brilliant. But would you think that that might be an exception that proves the rule at least right now? Yeah, it's like a top of quality. You need uh, many uh, number of great artists and uh, the time. So like a full limited budget like this, and uh, like a lower budget, many director wants to use a CGI for the some characters, but yeah. unless you spend you know the cgi it's just like basically it's the uh cartoon yeah you know it's a bad way of saying you know i, I don't want to offend the uh, cgi artist but uh, it's not uh, the real thing you know for right. sure in order to make this fake thing to make it 
look like real. It's it's the it's not easy. No, it's the lighting and and right. many things. And also the uh, actors performer have to perform against like a silver ball or a tennis ball. Yes, that's hard. <laughs> so it makes, yeah, and it makes it harder for actors. So as a viewer, when we watching those, uh, we kind of get the sense of like a feeling that it, it's it's not really existing there. Yeah. Yeah. So then, but you know, practical effects, you know, which is the we making actual things on in front of the camera. Of course, it's that's what you see. It's what's there, mm-hmm. and then uh, actors can react to what they see. And I, I think you know, it's a, they can pull out the a better performance than against the uh, tennis ball. And it's kind of interesting that even less quality practical effects. Mm-hmm. Is far superior to say Sharknado quality CGI. <laughs> I mean, even Kermit the Frog seems real. You know? mm, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know it's the how they shoot and how they show is important. And even if we make something look very realistic, mm-hmm. and if if we show too much, and audience can sense, you know, that's not real. So it's very important, you know, how to show also. And also, the actor who is under the makeup, you know, has a big job, too. Yeah, performance is so important. Even if the uh, look is good, and if there's a horrible actor, then just uh, screw up the whole character. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why Doug Jones is so pivotal, I would think. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about uh, your choice to go crowdsourcing. Uh, Do you think it helps you stay independent of studio involvement and lets you have more creative freedom that part yes yes i like nobody would tell me what i should do mm-hmm. for the creative part you know i'm, I'm an artist myself so i'm horrible at the business so <laughs> yes. yeah i need a lot of advice from that but the creativity you know what's the uh, what makes movie interesting is you know i have all good idea and i believe in i I have like a really strong ideas, so uh, that's you know that's great, and I can I can use all my skills about uh, the filmmaking, so we make film interesting, and I can use without any uh, distraction. You have done um, a lot of horror shorts, and you want to do your first feature being a horror film. You know, with your kind of experience in in the, the major studio kind of stuff. What is it about the horror that 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 appeals to you? And the the reason I'm asking mm-hmm. is the stereotype is that horror is a genre that people want to get away from before they make it. But you're going the opposite direction. Here's an example. It's it's a funny example though. Uh, Jennifer Aniston was in Leprechaun, and mm-hmm. she doesn't want anyone to know she was in Leprechaun. Zap. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's kind of a bad example, but at least it's funny. Yeah. Well, know horror things. seems some to some prejudiced people. <laughs> horror well, like seems Kevin, like... Yeah, like uh, many people, many actors started from a horror movie, like Kevin Bacon. He was in the Friday the 13th, the yeah. first one. Yeah. And the thing about Kevin Bacon is he embraces that a little bit. <laughs> um. Matthew McConaughey was in that terrible Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel. <laughs> oh, the remake? Uh, no, actually, he was oh, the in sequel, one sequel. Yeah, the radio. The, the uh, girl. 
yeah, the new generation or whatever. I can't remember the name of it because my brain tends to reject that awful movie. <laughs> but he's in that with Renee Zellweger. Mm. <laughs> you know, things like that where, where horror is like kind of like, oh, maybe I can get my foot in the door. But when I when I really make it, I'm never going to do horror again. You know? Well, you know, yeah, it's like uh, there, for me, there's two kinds of horror. OK, so one is intentionally make it cheesy. Yes. You know, you know just like uh, Toxic Avenger. Mm-hmm. Or the, uh, they're like a replicant, you said, in the basketball, or so many <laughs> silly <laughs> horror, on purposely silly yeah. horror. And, uh, and then it's kind of, you know, genre movie. Yes. Kind of, you know, good market for those fans and, you know, stay in the low budget. And another good horror is like, um, like a more serious and the story is really good. And I like a debut, like Saw, the first one. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a brilliant, you know, idea. Yeah, I mean, the the it's it kickstarted off a major mm-hmm. uh, franchise, but it it was very different from the others, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, then the story is so good. So the guy creator, he set up the situation first. You know, like two guys in one room, and the boss tied up end of the wall, and then the dead body in the middle. Then let's start from this because they know they have a limited budget. So they think of their one situation. And yeah, I, I loved it. So, but in the outset, that's the quality horror. It's not the cheesy one. Right. One that actually has faith in its own ability to scare its audiences. I feel like the cheesy ones mm-hmm. say, ah, oh, no one's going to be scared anyway, so we'll just make something goofy. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like Scream was kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. But then you'll have stuff like Saw, like you said, or right now there's that film It Follows which I just saw last Tuesday night, mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah. I think one of the reasons it was so effective is it had faith in its own ability to scare its audience. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's important. So then don't take it wrong. I love those cheesy movies, too. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy those. <laughs> but it's a separate. You know, I can't mix it. Yes, so, exactly. <laughs> so in order for actor to be proud to be in the movie... So if it's horror like uh, Toxic Avenger, yeah. then you know, actors would want to hide the credit. <laughs> <laughs> but the movie like a Saw, then I'm sure an actor would be proud of it. Right. And you as, as a, a creative force, you, you want to use your art to be an effective filmmaker. And yeah. I think with horror, Kench, isn't horror a really great, I'm going to say, sincere it's a really great and sincere way to get a reaction out of audiences with your art. Yeah, that too. But uh, yeah, I love horror too. Then um, actually, you know, I was grown up with the uh, so many different movies. I was grown up in like '80s movies, mm-hmm. so which was you know the best period of the Hollywood time, I would say. So in in the future, I want to make many different kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Then, but you know, for for this one, so people has to believe me and believe my skill to make a quality, effective movie, then I, I chose horror. So if I announce, okay, I'm going to make a romantic comedy, and nobody would, <laughs> yeah, nobody would pay me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, so you're just a fan, first and foremost. Yeah, of any, anything entertainment of, of the movie. You know, if you... If you watch the uh, the Gehenna Facebook site, mm-hmm. so I've been updating, or the uh, Hunt, uh, Hunter Killer Studio YouTube channel, then you see lots of comedy 
um, <laughs> are using, yeah, I using um, um, the you makeup. You just did an April Fool's post too, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love comedy too. And many people just love my sense of humor. <laughs> but Gehenna is totally serious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, totally serious. <laughs> People can expect to be scared with Gehenna. Well, I think that that's something we need is actually less winking at the camera and more expressions of the emotions that horror can try to, to give. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So it's the, the story first. You know, story has, to, story has to be good. That's the most important things for me. And then has to be good effect. Yes. To make the story secure and believable. So at the end of, this, at the, end of the day, you know, whatever kind of movie you make, we're going on a trip with these characters, and we have to care what happens to them. Right, right. So you, you follow them and uh, feel the same thing with the, uh, the character. And have empathy for their situation. And we'll need a good story and also the effects to sell it. Yep. Tell me about your actors. Who, who do you have in it to sell the effect for you? So far, I only have Doug Jones. Okay. Then, uh, yeah, then uh, funding first. So that's my priority. Have to get funded. Then without funded, I cannot make any movie or I cannot hire anybody. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, let's talk about how people can find your Kickstarter page and how they can help with sharing it around and giving a donation. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say the term donation because it's not really donation. You, you pay, it's a pledge, then it's, you have a reward. Ah. So it's like uh, if you pay $15, then you get the digital download of the movie once it's done. So which is like a pre-sale, you, you're buying the DVD. So people's movie. money is going toward actual product. Right, right. And you get the poster, T-shirt, and uh, more higher price, you get my sculptures, uh, what I designed for the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, then a little higher class, and you, you get the play extra in the movie, a good guy in the movie. <laughs> Pretty interesting opportunities. Awesome. Well, I wish you luck in getting the rest of your funding. I believe that you have maybe a little less than a fourth of the way to go. Yeah, so far it's almost 70%, okay. I believe. Yeah, it's good. It's nine days and 70%. It's pretty, pretty good, I would say. So but we'll, we need support. We'll keep pushing the word out. You've been doing pretty well so far. And uh, I think it's it's mostly because the movie looks interesting and the images you've been posting are definitely provocative. So I hope that people make something like this happen because more independent film with more creature type effects and the, and the practical is definitely something we want to see more of. This film has a lot of those. So please look forward. Any last words? Any last word? Yeah, just uh, please support this great quality independent film, then um, I promise I will work so hard to make this film great. Give us nightmares, Hiroshi. That's what we want. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, everybody, I'll post the uh, links to the YouTube short films that Hiroshi has made in the past, and you'll get a taste of the type of scares that he can serve up and they can be really creepy and you're going to have a good time with those to prepare you for for Gehenna and helping to fund that and make it happen. Thank you so much to uh, Mr. Hiroshi Katagiri for coming onto my show and uh, hope to talk soon. Thank you very much. Talk soon. (laughs) 